Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika Soft Gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. This campaign we're hosting to raise some awareness on the fact that legislation really needs to be guided by this great science and research and, you know, get away from the misconceptions and stigmas. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Hey, we're back. Thank you for joining the Cannamom Show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry, one canna story at a time. So Dave, I've returned from my great Greek adventure, bike adventure. You made it in mm-hmm. one piece, I see. Stronger. Was it, was it amazing stronger, or what? Stronger and faster. I now know I can ride uphill four and a half miles. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't think I can do that. Singing and swearing and mantras. Mantras are very important. <laughs> uh, did you get any souvlaki while you were there? Uh, yeah, a lot of um, uh, moussaka, lots of feta. The food was good. The atmosphere was amazing. It was sort of like, a, you know, Massachusetts people. It was like a combination of the Cape because it was a little after the summer height and Arizona because there were mountains everywhere. It was very mm-hmm. unusual. <laughs> Well, we're all very proud of you here at the Cannamom Show, and um, I, you deserve a getaway like that. I saw the pictures. They looked amazing. I don't know if I could have conquered those mountains like you did, but well done. Thank you. And I felt fierce, and um, I missed the Jewish holidays, although I was riding my bike, so I thought that was a good way to start. But I was back in Yom Kippur, so I wasn't really cooking. But today, I just learned about a new cookbook or a new cookbook site, mm-hmm. High Holiday Cooking, Jewish Cooking with Cannabis. No way. I oh, swear. God. 
It's Joyce. It's your perfect storm. So <laughs> next year, next year we will um we will checking out you know high matzo balls and maybe we'll talk to today's guest about this. Um, wow, <laughs> make everyone happier. Um, okay. And then before we launch today's interview, I just want to talk a little bit about terpenes for a minute. I've had them on my mind. Terpenes are so important in this overall kind of experience, and especially maybe with today's guest. Again, we're talking about food today. Um, and sometimes they're more important than cannabinoids. And I went to my monthly cannabis cafe meeting this month, um, some of the movers and shakers on cannabis. And I learned about the brainchild of Nicole Wicker. She's the CEO of Altopa, which is in North Carolina, where her team has created a machine that is personalizes cannabis tinctures with not just specific cannabinoids, but she says, more importantly, personalized terpenes. It's kind of like this idea that it's not the eight milligrams of THC to CBD. It's like whether or not there's like a little bit of linalool, like food or mm. pinene, or that is what really is impacting us. I find that fascinating. Mm. So I don't know if you've thought about this much, Dave, um, but one of the issues in cannabis is that it is not, it's, you know, we talk about personalized medicine and it's not consistent. So this is one of those things they're trying to help with both those issues. Yeah. Well, you'd, you'd think it would take the industry a little bit of time to catch. It's still so new, right? I mean, the, the, I mean, the mass legalization, uh, I, don't, I don't mean Massachusetts. I mean, m- most of the country. Yeah, most of the country. <laughs> Is it most of the country now? Uh, no, there's still some holdouts. And, you know, we just had uh, President Biden came forward with the, you know, pardoning federal cannabis and talking about, yeah. res- well, I think it should be descheduled, but that's another topic. But, you know, rescheduling cannabis so that it, it doesn't cause a lot of these issues that we're having across the board. And we could do research. That's really the point where we're stuck here in this country. They keep saying there's no research, so we can't approve it. But I think, you know, I think it's going to go the way of like, you know, nutrients. It's going to be under alcohol and tobacco firearms. Maybe it's not medicinal, but everyone's using it as medicinal coming back to food. So we'll find out. That's right. It's revolutionary. Part um, of it. Breakfast. Health. Exactly. Um, And before I introduce today's guest, I just want to let you know that we are supposed to have a special segment guest here today, Alexandra Gomez from MCR Labs. Um, She's their marketing manager, and she's going to be telling us about the second annual Cannabis Science Fair, which will showcase some of the great cannabis science innovations taking place across the various sectors of the industry. This fair will be hosted right here in Cambridge, Massachusetts at Harvard University's Science Center, and it's Saturday, December 3rd. I know the science fair is a culmination of MCR Labs science over a stigma campaign that aims to challenge the misrepresentation of cannabis using science and research. Crazy, right? Yeah, very cool. All right. So I'm looking forward to sharing this with all our listeners. And um, just I want to thank Sanctuary Medicinal in Brookline, Massachusetts, where I was last weekend, um, did a panel there for making today's show possible. That was a lot, but we're back. Um, to talk to today's guest, who is, let's begin. She is the owner and operator of Dinner at Mary's, a ready-to-cook meal kit company servicing Greater Boston, offering upscale three-course meal kits delivered with instructions for cooking fresh, locally sourced ingredients. She is also the owner of Sam Cantor Events and has worked in the food industry since 2007, garnering extensive experience in on-premise events and entering in the Boston restaurant scene. She started Dinner at Mary's to bring cannabis and cuisine to the people. A Zagat 30 under 30 winner, she is known for pushing the envelope, creating unique experiences for her guests with a focus on hospitality. And with Dinner at Mary's, today's guest aims to provide a fun, safe, educational environment for all levels of cannabis familiarity. 
Her main goal is to remove, like us, this negative stigma associated with cannabis and show people what it can really do. Her relationship with cannabis plays many roles in her life, which we'll learn about today. Today's guest hopes the role of cannabis in mainstream culture can shift to its deserved position, rivaling both alcohol and big name pharma as a healthy, affected alternative. Please welcome to the Cannamom Show, Sam Cantor, founder of Dinner at Mary's. Welcome, Sam. Hi, thanks for having me. All right. I just love your mission, bring cannabis and cuisine to the people. Um, so before we get into your canna story, let's tell me how you, um, how you got into the food industry and now that shifted into where you are now. Yeah. Um, I've always been a foodie, I guess, and I try not to use that term, but okay. I grew up in a household where my mom's an amazing cook. Um, so her name is Mary. So she's one of the reasons that. So that's the name. It's not, it's not Mary Jane. It's actually a so mom. It's- both. It's both. So, <laughs> oh, it is both. Okay. That's well. So the anyone of Mary Jane, but also um, in homage to my mom, who is a fabulous cook and just her thoughtful cooking has really have inspired um, me being involved in, in the restaurant industry. She was involved in the restaurant industry. Um, and I, it was something I started kind of in college. And then outside of college, um, I I got sucked in and I never got out. <laughs> are, you, so, are, you, are you a Massachusetts native? I am. I'm from the Cape. Okay. okay. We just talked about the Cape. Like how yeah. it looked like Greece, sort of, <laughs> with uh, mountains. Yeah, yeah. I talked about a couple of things on um, the intro because, uh, yeah, the Cape is awesome. I, I mean, I certainly appreciate it more now that I don't live there. My parents are still on the Cape, so I do visit them quite a bit. Um, but you moved. Into, all right. Also, so, so did you come? So did you come into? Did you stay in Massachusetts when you were doing your culinary work, or were you traveling? How did you get into? So, the- so I came to um, Boston for. Um, for school, stayed here. So I've always lived in Massachusetts. Um, I've, I've been in the Boston area um, ever since um, ever since college, which was longer ago than I'd like to admit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a middle-aged mom of 20-year-olds. So yeah, you're fine. Um, all right. So what was your initial when you started working in the food industry? What was your relationship with food and how were you, uh, were you a cannabis consumer? What was your relationship with cannabis before you started I've cooking been- with it? for a long time. So I think what's interesting is that my, so, so I started in, in restaurant and I was, you know, hosting and serving and um, I kind of quickly moved into event planning. So I became um, an event planner at a restaurant group um, early on and was, pl- so I've had my event company for nine years um, and cannabis has always been a big part of that planning on the back end. Okay. Uh, so for me, um, cannabis is, is something that I do when I'm working um, often. So if I have, you know, a ton of emails to to tackle, I need to come up with my new ideas, solve a problem. Um, cannabis is a big part of that. So I've always been using cannabis, but it wasn't something that I talked about a lot. Um, okay. So but- I always I always ask the, my my cannabis friends who I interview on this show. So how did you know? You're having all these messages from around. You're, I'm sure your parents weren't like, I don't know how your parents felt about this, but very pro cannabis. Oh, they were okay. So, yeah. but you were getting were you getting messages that you are doing something wrong, even though you felt like you were functioning better? What were the messages yeah. you were getting? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a while since I kind of had that internal struggle. I'd say, um, but originally, definitely, and I think that it was it's kind of interesting. The more I talked about it, the more um, I've gotten more comfortable with it too. But I mean, I think people thought I was crazy when I first started telling them, like. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm working from home. I've, I've, I've been working from home for essentially nine years. Um, I had, you know, an office space I used for a bit, but um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm smoking most of the time that I'm working. And I think a lot of people really either A, can't do that and really can't wrap their head around um, that. So, like, uh, uh, so, so is it your relationship? Uh, so you said your parents were pro supportive mm-hmm. of this. Uh, you're in your 20s, 30s? You're young. You look very young uh, to me. I'm 35. 
I'm you look you look great. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know what your parents' generation was thinking. I mean, what did they say to you growing up? What was the messages? Were you part of Dare? Any of that growing up? Um, yeah, and I mean, Dare's bullshit, I guess for lack yeah. of a better term. Um, but my parents. So I was stopped smoking when I was 15, and my parents were like, "We smoke. We know you know we smoke, and we're not going to tell you not to, but you need to be safe about it." So I think my parents were kind of the ideal situation. Yeah. As far as as far as support goes, I mean, this is certainly before I started, you know, canvas business, but they've been supportive since day one. Um, and I think that's, that's been, I think, that, I think that's the key. I think, again, like there's so many, like our generation, my, I had an awakening when I was in my fifties and I, my kids were teenagers and I told them then everything I knew was wrong and they were like psyched, but you know, that wasn't how they grew <laughs> up. You know what I mean? And and right. I, I meet and I talk about Canon Mom. The show is called The Canon Mom. The whole generation of these children who are being raised by women who are open about their consumption. They're not hiding it. It's not a stigma. And they're just growing up with it normalized. So you were sort of in that transition. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. It's, been, um, it's been really, really helpful. And I think that it's it's been it's just been beneficial to my life in general. And it's something that like you know, for a long time, I've smoked with my parents. And that's just part of our um it, the interaction and and I, I wrote an article for Boston Magazine a while back or interviewed for an article for Boston Magazine about like bringing edibles home for Thanksgiving and like bringing them home for the family and it was really funny because I was like yeah this is what I do and like I'm the person that brings edibles granted my my whole family we're we're full upon it so it's, <laughs> I'm not like the weird one but all right so she this is actually not I like I great because even like the show I get to the transition of the women I'm interviewing like who have gone from like complete stigma like are afraid to even acknowledge that they used it and thought that they were killing brain cells to now the next generation of cannabis women who are, you know, leaders in this industry who are building their businesses, who have, who grew up with it normalized. This is where we're heading. I just find this fascinating. I, I totally agree. I hope, I hope so. I, I know that I'm very lucky to have that upbringing and to, and to have the opportunity to have that. Cause there's so many people that I work with and that, you know, their parents have no idea what they're doing and like, they just don't know. And my parents are a big part of my businesses and, and, um, understand exactly what I'm doing. And, and, it's, I mean, they come to a lot of my events. They and, and, also, and how supportive is that? Again, we aren't alone. We have to do this together as a community. That's part of what cannabis has taught me. And like, you know, integrating ourselves with and feeling balanced and that you can, you don't have to hide part of yourself. You can actually be your full self because you don't have to hide anything from your family, which is the story right. of so many of the people I tell. I, and I, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and, and I'm so lucky, I think, in that sense, because not only, not only just from cannabis, but from who I am as a person, my family, I think is really supportive of that. And I think my entire life, I've really designed around being able to be my authentic self and, you know, working for myself has helped me do that. And cannabis helps me do that, period. I think it just makes me a more genuine person. It makes me more confident in being the person that I am across the board and in every aspect of life. Absolutely. All right. So um, I'd worked in event planning for a while, doing events at night. So it's, a, it's an alcohol culture. It is. <laughs> it just, and you're up late. You're like, you know, you're relaxing when everyone else is done. It's sort of an upside down world just to be that person who's planning events all the time. So while you were in this world, um, were you thinking about cannabis events or were you drinking along with everyone else? Or like, oh, what, was, I, what was your sort of mindset during no, that time? I was a booze bag back in the day. And, and I still, <laughs> I still I, drink. That's the restaurant industry. I mean, that's, and for me, I'm a very social drinker. I'm not like a go home, have a glass of wine person. I'm definitely social with it. And I always have been. But, and I still am, I still drink, um, certainly not as much as I used to, um, for sure. I think it's partial age and partially, um, partially as cannabis, but, um, so cannabis was, yeah, it was, was a part of my life, but it was much more hidden. Um, when I started dinner, Mary, like I kind of got pulled into 
helping some um, people with cannabis events or, or kind of adjacent is kind of a term that I've been using. Adjacent, um, okay. Like I, I planned the um, launch party for Sensi Magazine. Uh, oh, you did? Back okay. in, uh, yeah, a few years ago. And I think I was there. <laughs> yeah, it was a cool party. It was a cool party. Um, so yeah, the parties that kind of like revolve around cannabis, but weren't, you know, consumption. Um, All right, so that's a, that's a, I guess just back up. So you work in the food industry, you're doing this stuff, and then you start. So you actually started doing Canna Connected events. How did that happen? Just by accident? Um, the people you knew? or for the magazine who okay. you know, asked for my help um, with, with planning, just as an event planner. Um, him and I actually went on to start kind of a cannabis events company um, that didn't last very long. Um, but three of us kind of paired up and, and did some cannabis events for about six months. Um, we, our, our work dynamic didn't pan out very well. So we split. Um, and that's when I started Dinner at Mary's. Um, so, I, I mean, I found that the intersection of cannabis and events was just so natural for me. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. All right. So let's, let's go back. Very, okay. So Dinner at Mary's. So Dinner at Mary's, did that start as a, how did it start? Did it start before the pandemic or during the pandemic? How, how did that impact you? And then, um, just um, hit four years. So I guess it was 2018. I want to right. say. And was the uh, idea always uh, to have cannabis infused foods yes. or just have, oh, was. Okay. So to yes. start with the idea. From the get go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dinner, cannabis to start. Um, really focused more on cannabis events is how we originally started, which we still do. Um, but we, during the pandemic, we shifted to the meal kit model. Um, so that was an addition and that's something we've kept going um, to now. So meal kits, as we did start during COVID, um, we use a gifting model for that where each uh, meal kit, if you choose, can come with a complimentary uh, THC infused olive oil gift that you add to the recipe as your- Oh, that's how you do it. Oh, that's interesting. Currently, yes, that's that's okay. what we do. How we've been doing it um, since. I, I was just wondering, like, how you add, how do you actually infuse it? But I again, I've yeah, never, I've actually never been to a meal, and they say it's like it's really about the dosing. It's about having something you can control. So the oil it works really well. Okay, exactly. Yeah, so you fully control how much you're dosing, um, and if you're dosed at all. I mean, I I make meal kits every week, and I often don't dose them. Um, it depends on you know where I'm at when I'm making it, like what my what's my situation is so there i mean these meals stand on their own absolutely all right so uh, yes let's just go back to the food just the food part so how do you come up with the recipes you're putting in these boxes what are some I, of your popular dishes yeah. and um yeah what yeah. do you have a dream like what are some of the popular ones and what are maybe some of that you dream of doing but you're not quite sure people will buy into so i mean that's that's a constant uh like issue every week because it is okay yes yeah, so i i eat everything if it's considered food, I will eat it. And I really like weird stuff and I like to push the envelope and I and I want to do like really interesting things people haven't seen before. Um, people don't buy them <laughs> when I do weird stuff. So definitely try to be really true to what we stand for, which is, you know, fresh ingredients, um, really balanced meals, interesting, so uh, seasonal. Um, but accessibility, I think is really important when it comes to cannabis specifically. So people are Weird about food anyway, um, but they're especially weird about food when it's coming to cannabis because cannabis is the weird part. So they want to eat something that they understand and then add cannabis to it. So it's hard yeah. to do food and cannabis. So I think accessibility is really important when we're designing these kits. Um, granted, it's a high-end product. So I want to make sure people are getting value and they're getting something that's a little bit more high-end. Um, some of our best sellers, like our, I mean, it was one of our first kits back in the day, um, but we did like a stuffed burger and that was like really still one of our, one of our biggest sellers. Um, Thanksgiving is huge, or at least the first year Thanksgiving was huge because it was during the pandemic and people couldn't get together. Um, 
But yeah, definitely accessible items that people recognize um, tend to be the most popular. Like our, our 420 kit, I mean, of course, a 420 kit is, is popular, but it's like we do um, like a nostalgic throwback kind of like stoner yeah. uh, theme where most of our stuff is not stoner. Um, people really tend to like that. That we do like little bagel bites and like just kind of like a an upscale twist on items that you like used to pick out on in you know high school. That you, could, that you could also that's funny. Um, so do you do like testing? Do you like testing in your kitchen to see which recipes work or how like how much effort is actually involved in the cooking part of it and how much do you have to so test it before? I Yes. Um, her name is Alicia Blame and she is great. She has massive training. So we write the menus together um, and she does the prep. So certainly things that we've done before. I mean, it's we are doing a different menu every week. So if we do transition into uh, participating in the delivery program with the partnership we're working on, then we'll likely limit um, to less kids and have a little bit less variety. Right now, we have the ability to kind of really mix it up. So yeah, we're doing some testing if we haven't seen it or doing a couple of batches if we need to. Um, but we're definitely trying to, you know, create something new and exciting every week. And and we, we have not done the same menu twice yet. So do, you, do, do you do the cooking too? Are you part of the cooking part? Or- uh, I try not to be. I mean, okay. I do prep when I need to, for the most part. Um, Alicia and, and, you know, extra team when we need it um, are doing the actual food prep um, for the meal kits. Um, we also, we bring in a lot of extra people for our catering, which we're doing often. Um, so our offsite catering is also. So I, I saw you doing, so you're doing a few catering events now. Is that kind of where you are? Yeah. Or? Yeah. So that's actually where we started. Um, All right. And- let's, let's talk about that too. Cause I talk a lot about, I've actually never been to an event, a fused event. I hear a lot about them. They look beautiful. And I often go to like a, just a, you know, things, events for cannabis, but you can't consume there. And there's not, I know it's like weird. So I've never been to one that was cannabis really friendly. Yeah, we do consumption events. Um, there are ways to do them. Um, the, the legality is great, for sure. Um, there are ways to make it a little bit more legal. I mean, realistically, it's not going to be fully legal until social consumption is here, which we're right. still 18 months out for that. So we do infuse events. We did a lot of ticketed events originally. Um, we are doing less ticketed events now. People have been nagging me. I should do a ticketed event. We haven't done one since 420. Um, but we really focus on catering. So catering is definitely more of a bread and butter and it's definitely a little easier from a legality standpoint mm-hmm. um where we'll go into how we do private um uh private private catering courts meals um mm-hmm. and then we also do quite a bit with uh, like dispensaries and a lot of those are non-infused we do some infused I mean, it depends on on the situation right. brand launch we do employee appreciation we do customer appreciation we do a lot of stuff with do you do any weddings have you tried doing cannabis um, wedding? So I'm I'm catering wedding next year that is not infused. Um, I talked okay. to one day that wants an infused aspect. So we have not done a full infused wedding yet. Um, I'm not sure. Like coming from an event standpoint, I don't know how long it's going to be before that's a thing because I think there's still there's still going to have grandma there. That's like granted, actually, my grandparent or my grandfather did partake in cannabis. Um, one of my male kids, which is cool. Uh, a couple actually, but um, I think that. Weddings are almost maybe the last thing that will switch over, if at all, because I think it's so alcohol focused. And although there is a so there is the cannabis wedding expo, I've been to a couple of their events here. Yeah, they do have people. Yeah, oh. I had a tea ball. I've had a tea ball. Um, at yeah. I think aspects of it are are great. I mean, if somebody wants to do a bull and cheese wedding, I'm totally on board. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple, but there's a couple of different aspects. It's like the food at one level, and then there's like, do you have a can of bar? Like. You right. have like, do you bring your own flour? And then like the beverages, that's so huge now. Like a lot of the ladies I know, are just, they're very comfortable with the beverages. So that's another level to include yeah. it into an event that is, you know, like cannabis, 
I mean, like alcohol, but it's right there with you. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So we're moving into products and we actually, that's something we just sold to a dispensary. So our first product will be in dispensaries. Um, hopefully by the end of the month, we're doing a mocktail syrup, uh, or should we have two? So um, our seasonal flavors, we do an apple cinnamon cardamom and a cranberry orange turmeric for the fall. Um, and these are mocktail syrups that are going to be available um, at dispensaries to mix with tinctures that they already carry. Um, so we're kind of doing a can adjacent product line before our infused product line. That's great. All right. Um, oh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk more about food and recipes and things with my friend Sam Cantor from Dinner at Mary's. Um, we just have to take a moment to thank today's sponsor, Sanctuary Medicinal. And we're going to be speaking with our special segment guest, Alex Gomes from MCR Labs, marketing manager, who's going to tell us more about that exciting second annual Cannabis Science Fair to be held right here in Cambridge, Massachusetts at Harvard University's Science Center. I just want to thank today's show sponsor, Sanctuary Medicinals, a vertically integrated multi-state cannabis operator with four dispensaries in Massachusetts, 11 in Florida, and two in New Hampshire. Since its conception as an alternative treatment center in 2016, Sanctuary has taken a people-first approach to serving medical cardholders and adult-use consumers of all experience levels on both ends of the East Coast. Whether you're an aficionado who knows exactly what they're looking for, a medical patient seeking a specific product to assist with treatment, or a first-time visitor looking for recommendations on where to begin your wellness journey with cannabis, Sanctuary has a full menu of homegrown products to meet your every need, as well as knowledgeable, welcoming staff to to guide you seamlessly through the experience while ensuring you walk out the door with the products best suited for your wellness needs. For my local listeners, you can visit Sanctuary Dispensary in Brookline, Danvers, Gardner, or Woburn. And when you do, tell them the Cannamom Show sent you. Welcome, Alex. Welcome for joining us today. Um, before we begin, we're going to do a quick little segment about the science fair, but can you tell me quickly, just so we can share who MCR Labs is, and um, then we're going to talk about the Cannabis Science Fair. Of course. Thanks for having me, Joyce. Very welcome. So um, MCR Labs is one of the oldest cannabis testing labs on the East Coast. We've been open since 2012, and we do a lot of potency screens, contaminant screens, but we also do plant health services that can help growers kind of fine-tune their stuff and make sure they're getting the most out of their grows and the best quality flower that they can. Uh, We also do a lot of research and development and kind of consultant work. So that's why we love hosting the Cannabis Science Fair. This is our second year doing it. It was so much fun last year, so we're so excited to be hosting it again. And we really just want to showcase all the awesome research and science that's been going on in this sphere. It's something that doesn't get a lot of attention. And there's a lot of it going on in Boston. It's really a hub of cannabis science. So we're very excited to showcase all the awesome, important work going on. And everyone's always talking about the science, the science, we can't approve it. But here we are, we're going with it. So just can you talk a little bit about who's going to be there? Is there a deadline for the people who want to be participants if they're listening, if you're listening and you want to partake, um, who will be there? And um, just a little bit about that part. Of course. Yeah. So um, right now we have submissions still open and deadline is October 28th. So we're still accepting submissions right now. We don't have a solid lineup yet of who's going to be there because we do have a committee of scientists who review all those project submissions and make sure that, um, you know, they're up to snuff. Uh, so what kind of things are you seeing that people are doing that's exciting? I, I was talking a little bit about this terpene machine earlier. I mean, I know across the country, people are doing all sorts of things. So what are you looking and who's, are these students, are these 
you know, MIT scientists? Are these old scientists who are getting back into cannabis? Who are these people who are doing this? We have a little bit of everything, which is exciting. You know, we have student researchers. We have fellows over at Harvard submitting some of their important work that they've been doing. We also have industry professionals that are going to be showcasing some of the work that they've done. So um, I know the guys over at Real Isolate and Smoke and All, they're going to be submitting some of their research that they've done on the actual smoke um, that comes out of cannabis and what goes on with decarboxylation and all that. Um, so that's very exciting. We have some of our scientists that are submitting some projects about um, the relationship between arsenic and phosphorus in cannabis plants. So that'll be very interesting to take a look at as well. I mean, that's, um, I mean, that could be dangerous, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's definitely danger there. So, I, I mean, because this plant does so many things and she absorbs from the soil and that's part of the, you know, cleansing, you know, cleansing from the soil can, if you're concentrating, it can make it much worse. So that's interesting. Right. Yeah. Definitely. We also have um, some interesting studies that will be showcased on, um, indoor grows versus outdoor grows and the kind of differences you can see in the chemical makeup with that. That's it. Yeah. And I was, I was talking a lot about terpenes in the beginning. So are you doing, seeing more, um, I'm not research or interest or um, trying to figure out how the terpenes actually play in the overall use of this as health or health and wellness? 100%. There's a ton of interest in terpenes. A lot of the research that we're seeing is, um, you know, how to get the most out of terpenes and what kind of methods really um, encourage that terpene growth. Um, I haven't seen too much on the medical side of it, which is disappointing. I would love to see more on what terpenes can do for us. And I'm sure there's a lot out there. So we'll see if we get anything interesting. And did you see um, what surprised that it made the statement that he may declassify or reclassify? I think he should. I think he should declassify. They may reclassify. Have you seen any yeah, update? Anything? Yeah. 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 Have you seen anything in your in the world of people who wanted to research? You feel like they might be freed up a little bit soon? I hope so. You know, I haven't seen anything specific, but I know there's been a huge barrier with that classification into cannabis research. So hopefully we'll see a lot more people be able to enter that sphere and do a lot of really good work. It's exciting. And um, how'd you get Harvard to agree to this? Were they open to it or did you have to approach them? Like, how did that work? <laughs> yeah, you know, they were very open to it. Um, and we've been working with one of the postdoctoral fellows over at Harvard who does a lot of cannabis research. Um, and he was a huge help. His name is Jeff Rawson. So, um, you know, they were interested and we're very excited that they're able to help us host this and, you know, bring more awareness to the science side of this industry. Love it. Um, it's not a belief system, people. It's a science. So, I know that there's a lot of other things going on over the next month or so. Do you want to just talk about what's coming up from MCR? Are there some other events you're going to be connected with? Of course. Yeah. So the science fair is actually the culmination of our science over stigma campaign that we've been doing. Um, and this campaign we're hosting to just raise some awareness on the fact that legislation really needs to be guided by this great science and research that's coming out and facts um, and, you know, Kind of get away from the misconceptions and stigmas that have been surrounding the plant and kind of influencing legislation so far. So um, actually tomorrow we have a great event that we're hosting in Worcester at the White Room. Um, it's a nice panel on data and what kind of data is available to us as consumers, product developers, manufacturers, growers, and how they can really use that data to make their products better 
and how to keep themselves safe if you're a consumer. And if people so, can't make the event, is that going to be something on your website or something that people can access afterwards, that information? Definitely. Yep. It's going to be recorded and we'll have that available to access on our website. That's great. And this will all be in the show notes because that's what we do here. Um, anything else you want to tell us? Let us know how they get in touch with you if they want to go to the any of the events. How do they do that? So they can go right to our website, mcrlabs.com. We have a nice campaign page that they can read all about it and see how they can get more involved, the kind of things that they can do in their everyday life to promote science over stigma within cannabis. Um, we really love to see everyone get involved. So that's a great place to access that. And I'll be there December 3rd at the science second annual science fair. I love a good science fair. So um, come on down if you want to meet the cannabis. So thanks, Alex. Uh, <laughs> now back with our guest. Sam Cantor of Dinner at Mary's. Um, you want to talk about do you have big plans for Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas meals coming up and um, any other, I know you said you have trouble trying to like get people to try new foods, but is there anything you're going to push on people? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um, so I am Jewish as well, actually. Uh, oh, okay. So, um, well, half, uh, not, not huge practicing, but we do try to do like a Hanukkah kit um, every year. So we typically do... We, we do a lot of holiday stuff. Um, we're going to do a Friendsgiving slash Thanksgiving this year. So we're doing a couple different things this year for Thanksgiving. We're going to do um, actually a full Thanksgiving meal that can be infused or non-infused um, that you can do a, we're going to do a pickup for that on the week of Thanksgiving. The week before we're going to do our Thanksgiving themed meal kit. Um, so that's certainly an option. And then, and then uh, we'll have Hanukkah and then Christmas. Um, so so I know you're. Okay. I know I know you're in the greater Boston area. Like what does my local listeners, where are you actually delivering and how who how far out do you go to deliver? Or how far we out? deliver pretty far. Okay. So if you put in your address on our website, it will tell you if we a deliver there and what the cost is. So we deliver within the 195 belt um for free. Um outside of that, it's either seven fifty or fifteen dollar um delivery fee and we go pretty far. Um so we cover most of Massachusetts. We don't go to Western Mass, um, but we go to Central. Um so we go, we go pretty far. We also have a pickup option. Um, if somebody wants, um, we're, our pickups are actually in Hoover now. Uh, we just changed locations. So we're kind of summer rule based. We're kind of rule based, uh, right. depending on right. what we're doing. And if um, anyone wants to hire you to cater an event, that's all at the same website. It'll all be in the notes, all that kind of information. Yeah, yeah everything's the same. Um, and we have you know catering menus that we can send you. I actually just sent out my holiday like menu today um that just shows our our catering menu options and just telling people to book for holidays we're doing we're booking a lot um right now in, in october november and starting to book for december and beyond um so the holiday season is definitely upon us um and we we book everything i mean from my event planning background i mean we can really make anything happen um and you can have infused aspects or not i mean we're i came from a meeting today we're doing you know a full catering conference for 250 people um it's not induced. <laughs> Although, hilariously enough, the reason I kind of got held up is because one of the women I was talking to, it was super interested in cannabis. It was not related at all. We started talking about it and um, yeah, went on a, a, a crazy wavelength about it. People, I, I find that no matter what I'm talking about originally, it always ends up going to cannabis. And when people know that I know about it, that's what all anyone wants to talk about. That's my life. I, yeah. I, I, was in, I was in Greece for a couple of weeks and they aren't really into cannabis. And there was a doctor on the trip from California who I was trying to like get on my side. She wasn't really into it, but everyone else was interested. So yeah. I'm doing my bit. Take, take a little bit longer. But I mean, I know doctors and nurses in, in the industry, they're definitely, definitely pro. Um, but that's that's a big industry to, to kind of upkeep, especially when they're used to big pharma. And cannabis can 
replace a lot of those things. So people that have benefits from pharmaceutical companies are less likely to be pro-cannabis um, because of that recent one, which is which they don't know because you don't know our own minds. And but that's part of cannabis. You need to like get in touch with the with, exactly. with, the, with the balance. Exactly. So, anyways, this is an interesting yeah. topic. It's I'm gonna I'm about up on time. So, um, Sam, they want to reach you. I'll put in the show notes. Best way to reach you. Yeah, there are deadlines for your Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas packages, just so people can kind of get on their head because it's gonna come up fast and people are gonna forget. Yeah. Well, our our email regarding specific um Friendsgiving and Thanksgiving stuff will be up next week. Um, our but for holiday, I mean, there's no real limit. I mean, we try to have at least two weeks to plan, but we've done it way less than that. So um, it's really about finding dates and and we'll book anything for holiday. For for Thanksgiving, we're going to do a pickup day the day before Thanksgiving um, and we'll cut off the, the orders about a week prior to that. Awesomeness. All right. I'll we'll be in the show notes how to reach with her. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm looking forward to trying a meal myself. I have never had one. I hope, yes, you really, really should. So yeah, we'll, we'll connect and see how to, how to get you one. Well, I got I, my husband's a cook, so I don't really need to do much, but I could give him a night off once. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Give, give him a break. <laughs> That's the kind of wife I am. All right. Thank you again. Thank you, Sam Cantor, for joining us today. So for my guests, and of course you, my Cannabro, David Jazz, and our Cannamom Show team, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cannamom Show, where we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this emerging industry by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. Thank you for following and sharing the inspiring stories of the women building this new industry. So together, we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannamom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, a Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodConX. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.